0: Hey, Ksenia. Hi, Eleanor. I'm really excited to tell everybody about our next live show. What is it? It's called All of Them Witches. Like in Rosemary's Baby. (laughs) Exactly like in Rosemary's Baby, when she's moving around the Scrabble tiles and discovering that there are witches afoot. Mm -hmm. So we are mounting a live variety show. We pick a topic, a very broad topic, and we invite a bunch of presenters artists, scholars, filmmakers, musicians, to put together presentations to dig into one certain aspect of this topic. Mm -hmm. We've done food, we've done
1: hair, now we're doing witches. And all of the stories and presentations, of course, tie back to film and often feminism and pop culture. This will take place, conveniently, in the month of October. October 13th, the spookiest of days also known as Columbus Day. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope to see you there. It is in Brooklyn, New York, at the Bell House. Doors open at 7.30. The show starts at 8. Tickets are $8. You can buy the tickets online or at the door. We hope to see you there.
2: Their paths crossed like two hot wires.
1: We are just about the friendliest folks you would ever want to meet.
2: That's Bonnie. I'm sorry, I was looking for Maude.
1: ...has the right to make an ass
0: out of themselves. You can't let the world judge you too much. That woman! She took my car! This is Bonnie and Maude, the film podcast...
1: ...with Xenia Yaroche and Eleanor Kagan. You're listening to Bonnie and Maude. I'm Xenia Yarosh, And I'm Eleanor Kagan. We are
0: the femcentric centric Film Podcast... ...coming to you from a studio
1: apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest filmmaker
0: Laura Gallagher thanks for having me yeah Um, you have a film that we're going to discuss a little bit later in the episode called American Gladiators that you just finished yep but why don't you kick it off because this was your you brought this idea to us and we were like yes let's do it so what did you choose
2: I suggested Jane Campion and specifically her early work and her film school work and her first feature Sweetie
1: I feel like before we really delve into it, um, because the film really centers around two sisters, I wanted each of us to sort of share our sibling status just for context.
0: Sure. I am an older sister. Actually, technically, I'm a middle sister. I have an older half-brother who um, is 17 years my senior, and I have a younger brother who is three years my junior. Um, so I mostly grew up with my younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had a sister, which is why seeing those relationships on screen is particularly fascinating and foreign to me. How about you, Lara? Interesting.
2: I have, I'm just all sister, all sistered out. I have three sisters and I'm the middle old. So I have two <laughs> younger, old. yeah, the middle old, better than just saying the middle child because it's more complicated than that, of course. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I have two younger sisters and one older sister.
1: All right. What about you, Ksenia? I'm an only child. Um, I do have a stepbrother and a half-brother, but I don't see them that often. Um, They live in Ukraine. So I sort of have uh, made my many male friends into my brother figures. Hmm. But I still enjoy the luxuries of being an only child in my family. Laura, I'm wondering with
0: so many sisters, did you watch sister relationships in films and relate to them or not relate to them or react emotionally to them in any way?
2: Um, I, not growing up at all. I mean, it's definitely not something I was conscious of at all. I mean, it's also kind of rare, I think, to
1: have to see movies with sisters in them. Like in a central part of the plot. Mm -hmm. Right,
0: where the plot surrounds a sister-sister relationship as opposed to a romantic relationship. I actually made a big list of sister movies that is in no way comprehensive, but I was excited that we were kind of having this overarching theme of sisterhood, the like intriguing foreign thing Mm -hmm. so um i can read you guys my list uh virgin suicides little women frozen 10 things i hate about you atonement fat girl sort of chinatown Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um sense and sensibility blue jasmine a streetcar named desire the parent trap um, A League of Their Own, My Sister's Keeper, Hocus Pocus, In Her Shoes, Hannah and Her Sisters, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, right. Sunshine Cleaning, Practical Magic, White Christmas, The Fighter, Your Sister's Sister. Okay. That's that's my list. Um, please
1: write us and tell us which ones we're missing <laughs> at bonniemodergmail.com. Um, I think I know what they have in common, at least a lot of them, not all of them. It's each sister is a different role. Like, little women stands out, like, Mm -hmm. one is the sensitive one, the other one is the pretty one. They like each sister has a specific interest and primary characteristic. To like, so we can distinguish them. I mean, I don't mean to reduce these characters because some of these films are really great. But I do think a lot of them are like, these two sisters are competing and they're very different.
2: I think that's sort of like a family drama Mm -hmm. trope. Even as a writer, how it's, like, fun to, you know, have all these different characters. And, like, normally if it's about, like, people in an apartment complex or something like that, the big question would be, like, move. Like, these people are terrible. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? But when it's family, there's, like, this, like, you know, thread tied around them, like, keeping them coming back. You know, these people are related to you but what does that even actually mean you know because Mm -hmm. they're so different
0: yeah and a lot of the tension in the movie comes from the two sisters having very different lifestyles and
1: are you saying in in movies in general or in sweetie
0: in sweetie but also in you know like uh in her shoes and blue jasmine Mm -hmm. frozen of course getting married i think is a big one when what i
2: was thinking Margot at the wedding
0: yeah yes definitely I i love that one Yes, exactly. You have the Order Sister and the Chaos Sister, mm-hmm. which is actually a theory that I'm stealing from a Slate article. It said every person is secretly a Order Muppet or a Chaos Muppet. Oh, interesting. And the Chaos Muppets are like Animal and the Order Muppets are like, I don't know. Elmo? Yeah. <laughs> uh anyways brilliant article uh written by dahlia lithwick but in a lot of these sister films there's the chaos sister and the order sister and their worlds are, are smashed together through something and mm-hmm. they completely obliterate
1: and this what film each, how is like lives the moment when these very opposites like reach their peak
0: yeah but of course you always have that emotional center because they are in fact related
1: mm-hmm. so let's uh just like go through the plot of sweetie a little bit sure and, and then we can like delve into
0: it sounds good i mean sweetie is um the first feature officially mm-hmm. um of jane campion who is a director we've actually covered on the show before when we talked about in the cut in Weather. our pal david hey david and jane of course is a wonderful director and i hope we'll talk about more of her stuff um top of the lake is one of her uh, more recent projects, but she also did The Piano, which won The Palme d'Or, uh, for which she was the first woman to win that award, and uh, only the second woman to be
1: nominated, nominated
0: for a Best Director Oscar. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so Sweetie was her first feature. And in this film, um, we start with um, this woman named Kay. 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 Hi. (laughs) So we start with a woman named Kay, who um, (laughs) from the start we see is sort of superstitious. A fortune teller tells her that she's meant to be with a guy who has a question mark on his forehead. Um, And so she breaks up this relationship that's going on in her workplace. Um, This man just got engaged, but she tells him they belong together. Um, They flip coins,
2: which is also like another superstitious thing.
1: Yeah. We sort of fast forward 13 months later. (laughs) He tries to plant a tree and she's very put off by this. Um, uh, In the beginning of the film, we're told that she has a lot of fear of trees. And she tries to figure out why that is. The roots, something. She keeps saying that the leaves are yellow um, she pulls it out of the ground in the middle of the night. That's sort of like a side story of her trying to hide this tree under the guest bed. Um, we see that their sexual relationship has sort of dwindled.
0: I mean, pretty quickly, their
1: relationship is turning into
2: one that almost resembles one of siblings. Exactly. Um, he, he
1: calls her his sister at because, one point. Yeah, when she's going to sleep in the other bedroom, he says, Good night, big sister. And she, she scolds mad. him yeah. because she's his girlfriend. Into all of this um, swoops in the Tasmanian devil that is Sweetie, this um, amazing kind of gothy. She's like an aspiring musician. Yeah, a slightly chubby woman who Kay doesn't even say is her, her sister at first, but it, it's revealed that she is her. Um, I don't know if she's her younger or older sister. Do ever she's find younger. That? Okay. Her younger sister and the rest of the movie goes from there. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah Sweetie sort of moves in and sort of <clears throat> takes over her mm-hmm. life as
2: she always sort of had, I guess.
0: Yes, she, and, and wrecks havoc on the otherwise <laughs> um, kind of Instagram-worthy um, <laughs> life of Kay. We can get into this uh, a little bit more later or not, um, but I have to say the entire look and feel of this movie, the production design, is Totally gorgeous, and we've been watching a lot of movies lately for this show where I cannot stop screen capping them the entire time. (laughs) Batman Returns was one. This is another one. Every frame is gorgeous, and so there's one scene where we're in Kay's kitchen, which is pastel, vintage, shabby glamour. Um, It's not too sleek. I I want to make sure. It's it's shabby chic, (laughs) I thought. yeah, there's, like, some peeling paint, but everything's sort of placed just so. But, you know, Sweetie is, like, the black dye in the middle of her pastel world. And she is sitting there covered in black dye and black lace um, and black nail polish in the middle of this beautiful turquoise and uh, lavender mm-hmm. world that Kay has maybe worked so hard to create around herself. So that is
1: the relationship between the two of them kind of going into this. mm mm-hmm the colors and the textures of this movie are really beautiful. Like watching it, I felt the fabric that we were seeing. There's, there's one point where we're watching Kay from behind and she's wearing this uh, semi-translucent nightgown and it's just like, You can feel it. Um,
0: And if you are listening along right now and saying, I have to see this, um, the movie is streaming on Hulu Plus and on iTunes. um, So you can go check it out and then come back and join us and hear the rest of the discussion. And if you do watch it on Hulu Plus, I will say that there is um, a really great sort of making of interview with the two stars of the film, the two sisters, um, many years
1: later. Kind but they're they're of, not really sisters, it. right? They're... they're not sisters, okay. but the,
0: the two actresses that played the sisters.
1: I panicked because that would have been too perfect. No.
0: <laughs> they were not. They're not related in real life. But that's really great. And you should watch that, too. Um, Laura, so when did you first see this movie? And how did you come to it in,
2: in the first um, place? I had this a great professor in undergrad at Penn State who sort of had an experimental background. And she showed me Passionless Moments, which is, uh, I think Jane Campion's second short film. I don't know. Um, but I was so obsessed with it. I just, I, it was just incredible to me. And it's, I mean, that's what's, you know, if you do watch the, the, the actual DVD, get the Criterion Collection DVD, it has all of her shorts on it. Which is how I actually bought Sweetie the Criterion Collection DVD just to get the short. Fifteen years ago or something—I don't know—a long time ago. So I I sought out the short, and then that's that's when I I watched the feature. And yeah, I was just floored by it. I think just aesthetically, I'm just so drawn to this film. It's like everything that I love, and that it's it it is low budget. You know that it it does it is this very intentional curated world. But at the same time, the camera doesn't really move around a lot. There's no crane shots. There's no fireworks. Like everything is really. It's just happening, you know, and it's really about, like, the composition of things and, you know, whenever there's conversations between two people, like, how the frames, like, people are just shoved to the far corners of the frames. Yeah. Like, that is just bold. How do you even know that's (laughs) going to cut, you know? Like, that's – and for a first film, I don't know. I just – it just seemed to be busting with, like, feeling and ideas, and I just – I loved it, like, immediately. I was like, this. This is everything. This is the kind of thing I want to make.
0: The whole vibe of the movie is so odd and so like idiosyncratic yeah. in a way that I had no idea where they were going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like this was a movie where anything could happen, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to pull off. This subconscious thing I do when I watch movies that I kind of hate is I always try to predict what's going to happen. And I'm like, oh well, that person's going to die or that person's going to fall in love. I, and get I think their most viewers do that. I hate doing that. I want to leave myself open to being surprised. But with this movie, I was just like, I don't fucking know. Like, mm-hmm. just give it to me and yeah. it's going to be great. So
2: I loved that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's it's really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. I guess it's a drama, right? <laughs> it's a drama, but it's so weird and it's so – um, it's really funny and it's just a really cool movie.
1: In terms of the sisters, I I think what I really loved about it is, as much as they're very different on the surface, like one is um, a wannabe singer, performer, something, she's really immature and crazy, doesn't have a job, and the other one has a job and is fairly put together, you start seeing the similarities between them fairly quickly, and there's no Good sister or bad sister, if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Because Kay, um, for all her put-togetherness, is kind of mean and obnoxious to Sweetie. And she's the one who, like, draws walls in between Sweetie and the rest of the family and tries to, like, push her away. There's a road trip that they take halfway through the movie to, like, get the mother from this ranch Again, don't know why. <laughs> um, and they want to make sure sweetie stays and doesn't come with them. It's very much motivated by Kay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably just something that, it, that you know, you can get away with with the family dynamic. I think if you're really awful to a friend in the way that you're awful to a sister, again, it's like the apartment complex. Like, they'll just leave you. Like, that's it. Like, why would you be around someone that treats you like that? But. Um, with family, it's just, it's just different, and there's more leeway, and there's just more. Um, I don't know. You can just be worse and worse and worse, which, which makes for great drama, I guess. You know, <laughs> and like, what is this breaking point?
0: I mean, there are some terrible fights between Kay and Sweetie, and and violent ones too. I mean, they kind of beat each other up. Um, they pull each other's hair. At one particularly cringeworthy point, um, Sweetie eats these toy horse figurines that Kay has, and they're
1: made of porcelain. And has them in her
0: mouth, and it's like, is she gonna (laughs) swallow them? Did she break them with her teeth, or are they just like in her mouth to like be obnoxious? Yeah, or just
2: that even like that self sabotage that you're, you know, she's willing to eat glass, yeah, because it's a it's a it's her sister's. Most precious toy from like what twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah, like why would that's only like a family dynamic or like sisters
1: that would and willing to there. hurt yourself in order like in spite yeah
0: despite your sister. I mean Kay ends up beating her up, and then there is this scene where Sweetie is crying and spitting out the horses, and there is blood coming out of her mouth. And I have to tell you guys, as I was watching this scene. I was actually empathizing with Sweetie so hard that I actually drooled as she was spitting blood out and I caught myself because I was totally in public. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. I was like, God, I hope nobody saw that.
2: But I was so sucked in in that moment mm-hmm. so you were feeling like uh, you were feeling like emotionally attached to sweetie in yes, that moment absolutely See, i feel like that's like when i think about like why do i think this movie's funny is it funny that's a scene that i think is really funny i found it so disturbing i just think like <laughs> what like why would you like i don't know maybe that's because i have sisters or something i don't know like like what is that <laughs> i just think it's
1: like wild because there's there's no rationale for it why would you why would she do you that who do you link yourself with when you watch this movie, if anyone? Uh, it's definitely Kay. Yeah? Yeah.
0: I mean, I just want to give Sweetie a hug, you know? Really? She's She's just a terror. But no. But she's so fragile and emotional yeah. behind the terrorizing.
1: But beyond that, she's also like... I love that she's just out there like she's extremely sexual as much as she seems to lose her mind. It still initially feels like she's in control of herself and she is putting out who she is and what she wants. It's there versus Kay who is so pent up and wants things but can't put words to them.
0: I mean, Sweetie is all id and, and Kay is one of the other ones that I <laughs> forgot from philosophy class. But um, of course, both sisters are two halves of a whole. Kay has things together. She is an ambitious chick. She wants that hot dude with the question mark on his forehead and she's just like, nope, you're with me now.
2: Like, sh- So there is a lot of Sweetie in her. Yeah. Well, I don't know because I would I would argue that you know, her going for that guy wasn't even necessarily like, oh, I want this and I'm going to go for it. It was, I don't necessarily like this person, but I see a question mark on his forehead, which is, you know, I had my tea leaves red. So that's that means that I have to do this. It's not even it's not even about once. It's about, like, order,
1: I think. Um, what did you guys think of the tree? It's interesting just
2: thinking that Jane Campion, like, coming from this more, like, experimental short, like, background in this being her first – feature there's still all these sort of like experimental things about it you know like that section that has the you know archival footage of like roots going into the ground and spreading and all this stuff and like the first scene of the movie I don't even know if it's a scene but like the prologue with the voiceover with Kay and just saying like she just tells a little story about how her sister had the treehouse and would never let her in it You know? It's just like such a
0: sibling thing to do. It's like this is my
2: domain and you have to go over there. But what's interesting I think like about this film is like it sort of deals with sister dynamics in a way that I think people are more okay with talking about like parental dynamics. You know, people with like dad issues or something or like mother issues, like the mother does something to you when you're a baby and whatever, then you're going to have an issue. Like it's something that sweetie did to her or wouldn't let her in her tree house. And now she has this crazy issue with trees and is going to stop having sex with her boyfriend about a little tree. Uh She's going to not sleep. She's going to like, she gets ill, you know, because of this tree, just because she's so afraid about trees, which really is about like her sister, like Mm
1: -hmm. rejecting her. To me, when I saw that part of the movie, it made me think of a tree as a symbolism of family and pregnancy and children. I don't know, maybe that's like a very obvious metaphor, trees, fruit, etc. A film that came out in 2010 called The Tree Where the Husband Died. And, like, supposedly his soul went into the tree and he whispered to his children. And, like, the mother bonded with her family through this tree. Isn't there a um, movie
0: called The Odd Life of Timothy exactly, Green? Exactly. That's where another one I was thinking. It's like a tree child or something? Yeah. They, like,
1: bear, they, they're they barren and they, like, um, plant a seed in the ground and a boy comes up and that's their kid. I heard it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's, like, too film theory, but one of the things I was thinking is maybe her sex drive and the tree are connected in the sense, like, she is fearful of pregnancy, and that's what the tree symbolizes. Like, she keeps talking about the roots, breaking the concrete, and maybe doing something to the house. Like, Mm -hmm. she's just very scared of the roots of the tree. To me, that says pregnancy (laughs) Mm -hmm. or maybe
2: just like this idea of like nurturing or something that Mm -hmm. you know sweetie like you said you just like want to give her a hug or something Kay is just not going to do that shit you know like she's not nurturing in that like traditional kind of
1: yeah even before her sex drive shuts Mm -hmm. down she's pretty removed Mm -hmm. as a person
2: it's interesting though because the way that sweetie comes into the house and sort of like Gets her in. roots in, and like she's <laughs> sort of like the tree in that way, well, and that yes. she doesn't like absolutely leave, or she also like gets in between Kay and the boyfriend, which is interesting. We can't even think of his name. What is that guy's Louis. name? Louis. Louis. That's right. I love when the little kid across the street is screaming it. Hi, Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so cute. Um, there, I mean, that's who I identify with, the little boy <laughs> <laughs> who is very cute. He's amazing.
0: Yeah. And he, he ends up actually being sweetie's like only friend. He's like her protege.
2: Yeah. I mean, Cause she, she's like a child. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. She very much has this like childlike wonder to her, um, or childlike view of the world for better and for worse in that she's incredibly immature, yet she can relate to children in a way that the grown-ups can't or are annoyed with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that said, she's very much a daddy's girl, too. I mean, the dad ends up coming to stay at the house where Sweetie and Kay and Louie are. And Kay keeps kind of urging him to discipline Sweetie and to put his foot down with her. And he just can't do it. She's his little girl. There's also a weird moment between them later um, when she's giving him a bath that the movie seems not to really comment
1: on. It kind of leaves it open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. There's a sly smile on um, Sweetie's face as she's washing the dad's back and then, like, moves to the front um, and Kay sees it through the open door. And is disturbed by it. I mean, is it sexual?
2: Is it familial? I don't really know.
1: Um, I don't know.
2: I definitely read it as, like, Sweetie's molested, or was molested.
1: Yeah? Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You think that's why she's fucked up?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that scene, the only reason why it's there is to, like, try and clarify that or try and define, like, what that favoritism Mm. was or what that weird... To explain her a little bit? Yeah. Hmm. And also, yeah, I mean, maybe to someone like me who's not, like, necessarily, like, a sweetie hugger, (laughs) you know, to be like, well... That's too bad. Like, that's a terrible (laughs) thing that happened, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, it was really interesting um, to hear the two actresses who played Sweetie and Kay talk about being in this movie. They mentioned that there were a lot of women on set, not just Jane Campion, but a lot of the crew. And it kind of gave them the freedom to be more open and be more comfortable. And they felt like they had allies, Mm -hmm. on the set, which I thought was really interesting. And Mm -hmm. there were ways that that came through in this movie that I wouldn't have even picked up on until they said it. And I was like, oh,
1: yeah. Some of the nudity, I think, felt not necessarily sexualized, but intimate, probably at least in part because of that. Um, There were so many shots of legs and feet. And Cassinia, you pointed this out. I, I feel like a lot of women took photos of their feet when they were younger. I mean, I know I did, and then mm-hmm. I, I sort of started seeing photos that other young women took.
0: Like when you're on the beach and you take a picture of your feet in the sand kind of thing?
1: Yeah, and I it, in the movie, it was always sort of, the perspective was from above, from a woman's perspective. It wasn't the removed shot of, say, a man looking at a woman's legs. They were like... Alice in Wonderland bird's eye view kind. Mm-hmm. Everything brought it back to this is from the perspective of a woman or women. This is private. Yeah, it's
2: still even like that first shot of like the legs looking down with the floral carpet. The floral carpet's like incredible.
0: Um, yeah. I, you know what I was thinking of? Um, do you guys know the French director, Jacques Demy? Of, like, uh, yeah. the young girls of Rochefort and umbrellas of Cherbourg. Mm-hmm. So he is known for having this, like, lush, elaborate wallpaper that he spends most of the film budget on. Um, Jane Campion is, like, the Jacques Demi of carpet. Really? <laughs> I mean, the carpets in, these, in this oh, movie I, are amazing. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he spent the film budget on okay. it. I, I doubt it. Say. But, like, the, I just couldn't stop looking at the floors. They so were great. so beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the the DP is a woman, mm-hmm. too. And she... Because I love this movie so much and love the short films, and she shot Peel and um, A Girl's Own Story, if you've seen that one.
0: Do you guys want to talk about Peel for a moment? Yeah. Um, It was Jane's first short.
1: And it also won the Palme d'Or.
2: Right, for short film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird that, um, and you know, if there wasn't that graphic at the beginning, that title card that has the little triangle that explains the family dynamic, you would totally think, or I would think, and I think I did think for a long time that it was like a couple
1: and, and their, their kid, son.
2: but it's actually a brother, brother and sister, and the guy's son,
1: hmm. which is why? weird, you know. But I guess why I think even they were explain real... that relationship in the beginning? Exactly.
2: It's like to her, I guess that's important. Or they were actually related. I think they were were actually real brother and sister. Hmm. Or they have the same last name within the credits. I wonder so. if it has
0: something to do with the way that they bicker, with the way that they fight. I mean, the way that you fight with a sibling is really different than the way that you fight with a significant other. And the way that they bicker in the movie, I don't know. Knowing their siblings
2: colors that a little bit differently. I think that's really true. I think that's really true. Because even – well, just my short film – um, some of the criticism that I've gotten from it is just, uh, about the negligence of the parents, you know, to let the kids run outside of the car. And I, that's a weird film criticism. It's happened a lot. Like people have like turned off, like, I don't know what kind of parents would do this. What? Like, I don't, and to me, I'm like, well, congratulations. You had a great life. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. You know, like sometimes it happens in movies. I don't know. I but didn't even think it was I was that negligent. But even like Peel is like crazy negligent. Like those like there's a kid like with a condom in his mouth, like running <laughs> on like actually running out on the road where you see cars going by. Like that's like crazy negligence. But maybe there's something to it being a brother and sister that makes it a little bit like well, I mean, they're <laughs> just having a fight as opposed to like a married couple, like you guys are damaging. Like, at least maybe in Peel, you can think like that maybe there's this other mother figure on the back burner that's going to give this kid a good life or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I mean, the, the, the parenting of this kid in Peel seems tentative, at least. I mean, the dad, the kid is uh, peeling an orange and dropping the peel outside of a, a moving car. And the dad says, Stop that. Okay, I'm stopping the car go pick up all the orange peels. So he sends the kid down the road to pick up the orange peels, and then the kid's gone for, like, ever. And, of course, me, I'm just like, oh, my God, he's hit by a car. Oh, my God, it's horrible. I don't want to see this. Um, And then later the dad is mad and then can't be mad, and everything's fine. And he and the kid are joking around, and they kind of team up against the sister. It's just he goes from being kind of, like, disciplinary dad to I'm on your team, kid dad, and I don't know. <laughs> it's
2: weird. It's weird. It's a weird movie. Yeah. And it's only
0: like
1: eight minutes. Yeah. It's like, it's incredible.
0: It's amazing how much story is told in those eight minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. With not a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. The kid is
2: on the outside, and the kid's being reprimanded, and then the end is that he turns around the kid and is reprimanding the aunt in the same exact way that he saw his father do. It's like just this weird... It sort of reminds me how, like, for TV writing, people, a lot of people say that, you you know, you have to, for a TV character as opposed to a, a film character, you have to write uh, a character that has, like, a psychological problem, you know, or a problem that, like, can't be fixed because they keep doing the same thing that always gets them into trouble like don draper won't stop cheating on his wife like it's just gonna be his thing like spoiler yeah yeah (laughs) or you know if he could stop then you wouldn't have a tv show because then he would just like get better which is like how the end of a film is supposed to feel like it's concluded but with you know family stuff it's just kind of like the same perpetual like thing Mm -hmm. you know
0: Laura, I want to talk about your movie a little bit, American Gladiators. Um, Congratulations, by the way, of it being in the Columbia Film Festival and the Palm Springs Film Festival. Thank you. And um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the
2: creation of this movie, how it came to be? Yeah, so it's a a short. Right now it's 10 minutes and 43 seconds. Sort of like a, a family dynamic that I've been working with for a really long time. And it's about two sisters and just a kind of traditional sisterly rivalry that happens, but with the context of disease and it starts off with an MRI machine. So you just know kind of what the stakes are and that this is the circumstance, but still it's dealing with, uh, sisters just hating each other for the normal things Sisters hate each other for like getting attention from parents. And something that I'm interested in is that a sick kid actually does get tons of attention and, adults know like, oh, well, she's sick. I mean, that's a terrible thing. But to a kid, it's like, she gets more attention than me. She gets more snacks than me. I hate her, you know? Right. Um, So that's, you know, that's kind of the dynamic that I'm interested in. And then, and yeah, and really being inspired by Peel and this like idea of like, you know, like what is a short? It's like a, a really specific period of time. Like, you know, like how do you carve out like a, like a nugget, out of, like, something that you actually want to feel, like, bigger. And to me it was this idea of, like, a really tangible object, like something that sisters are fighting over and how that can be sort of like a a prop or just like a stand-in for actual bigger feelings and stuff that will haunt them for the rest of their lives, like trees.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, And you got two actual sisters to play the sisters.
2: You know, working with kids is, is challenging for sure. I really like it, but it's, you know, it's hard. Um,
1: I think you've made other films with children before.
2: I have. Yeah.
1: I just like them. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I had a teacher say at one point that it's like kids like are a good subject for short mater- short form because even though it's a, you just get them for a short amount of time, you believe that because they're young or because they haven't had a ton of experience, whatever you just saw is an experience that matters. As opposed to like, oh, this is just one day in the life of this 30-year-old guy. Like, who cares? He's had so many days, you know? But when it's like a nine-year-old kid, this is the first time something like this happened. Or this is like, I don't know. So I think I like that sort of purity of a kid.
0: Had they acted before? Have they been in other stuff? They were
2: really good actors. So I had my own auditions. And the older sister, Una Lawrence, she was the one that actually auditioned. And her little sister was just running around. And I was like, "Who's that? Who's that out there? What's she doing?" Una's she was actually Matilda on Broadway last year, oh. so she's like she's a little bit big time right now.
0: That's why her name actually sounded familiar. Yeah. I didn't Google her, but I was like,
2: "Una." She's the name she's you come great. Very often, yeah, Una. Yeah, she's great. She's she's just totally self motivated and just really. She's just so sensitive. I mean, she is just like a little sponge for feeling and just she really helped her little sister too, you know, um, just keeping her on task. And how much do you direct children? I'm interested in naturalism, you know, so it's just trying to make it seem as real as possible, which is why, you know, it was just so important. I thought to get actual sisters because I wanted like sweetie, like I want actual meanness, you know, because that's,
1: I think that's can only be brought on if you're related to the person. Yeah. Or if you Maybe there's like less, um, it's like more unabashed.
2: Yeah. If it's someone you know. I think so. Unless you have, you know, as a director, I think if you have tons of time or money to have lots of rehearsals and just really get the kids to know each other and feel comfortable with, with each other, I think you could do it for sure if you had really specific needs, but I know with real sisters, there's stuff there. Yeah. I know, you know, or like, you know, what's she like in your, in your situation? Like, which sister is she, you know, is she the shy one? Is she, you know, we talked about all that kind of stuff.
0: Was it easy to get them to open up and describe their relationship?
2: You know, obviously with film in general, casting is like incredibly important, but I think with low budget filmmaking, it's just, it's everything, you know? So that's just really what I looked for, like how how open are they? Are they scared? Are they shy? I just can't, I just can't deal with that. You know, (laughs) you know, do they think I'm funny? Like how do they interact with me? Like all of that was just, that's really the the audition. I didn't have a script or anything to have them read. Wasn't really interested, you know, cause that kind of stuff like lines, you can rewrite and make them say what they would say Uh once you know them. But I think compared to other kids in New York, too this family they're just amazing they're just like real kids their parents are are loose you know they let them run around and you know i think i met them once uh for for like a you know i was picking picking them up from the park to go take them off and rehearse with them or something and and their one other daughter they have they have three kids, just had like, you know, was running and like fallen had, like split her head open. Like, they're just like, they're just like <laughs> wild kids, which I think is sort of rare in New York, you know?
1: Especially in the acting community, I would yeah. think.
2: Yeah. It's- so I just, I love this family and I love the parents. And I think that's also a big part of casting kids. It's like, you
1: have to like the parents. And what kinds of themes or types of characters? Do you hope to work with or like illustrate in your future projects
2: you know something from working on american gladiators that i was a little bit surprised about was just how much i like the dad what is up with that guy you know it's like i even felt like i want to know like about you like was that the actor or i remember like writing in the um just doing like the breakdown for the actors when i was auditioning for that part and i said that um you know, he's, uh, you know, dad, 34, can't believe he's manning a minivan, (laughs) you know, but wears a funny t-shirt to make up for it. Or is it something like that? And I was just like, I just love that idea, you know, or this, like, I'm interested in this person who's my age embarking on these giant life decisions, but doing so like in quotation marks, you know, like we're getting married, but we're not, we're not like those couples Or like, okay, we can have kids, but like you know, we're not gonna be like like that. Like we're, we're not different. really gonna have a minivan or like, I'm gonna have a minivan because like I might get the band going again or dipping your toe in adulthood yeah. but not yeah. jumping in. Yeah, like that idea. And then what I think is interesting about that is like, oh yeah, well what if this like quote kid that you have, this like funny little buddy that you thought you'd just like have, like actually ends up getting sick and then suddenly like that's really real, you know? And you're full on dad well
0: congratulations the, thank you. the film's great i will admit to you that i did cry at the end you did yes i did and um I'm, wow I'm that's a huge
2: that's a huge compliment well it was very emotional you know? and lovely so oh thank you that <laughs> means
0: a lot I wanted to maybe wrap the show up by asking you guys what movies you loved um, watching either with siblings or what siblings on screen you enjoyed watching.
1: I really love the original Freaky Friday um, with – what is her name? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster.
2: She's like a synchronized uh, water
1: skier. Exactly. Exactly. Most of the film is about her relationship with her mom, of course, because they switch places and they learn what it's like to be the other. Um, But the couple interactions that we get between Jodie Foster and her little brother are so brilliant. Um, For one thing, it totally switches gender roles because Jodie Foster is the super messy tomboy whose room is disgusting and who just like wears clothes without washing them for a long time, like she's just that kind of girl. And her brother is super clean cut. But he like wants to take care of her. He like wants her to be happy and he kind of bonds with her when she's in the mom role. He like helps her stuff a turkey or mm-hmm. something and it's very sweet. <laughs>
2: that is nice it's like Clarissa
1: and Ferguson oh yeah Yeah. a little bit except Ferguson is kind of a tool he's the The worst he's the worst
0: a sibling pair that I always really liked the relationship of was in Daria Jane and Trent Mm -hmm. um had a cool brother-sister relationship and of course Daria and Quinn had the chaos order sister-sister relationship totally um that I loved, but you know, since I I had I had a brother, um, and my brother has always been very artistic, um, more so than me in Doesn't a way. He actually,
1: have a band. He has
0: a band. He paints.
1: He draws. He does photography. He's a writer. Did you have a lot of female friends who like would have crushes on him, and you were annoyed by that? Um. Yes to
0: the first part, no to the second. Um, I definitely had/slash have now, ladies. I'm looking at you, who have crushes on my brother, and I'm fine with it. I mean, whatever. It's very open-minded. we could be sisters-in-law. I think they'd great.
2: I have a lot to say. My sisters and I were obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. You know, if if ever I had to be put on the spot, like you know, life or death situation, and I had to. Um, recreate the entire film. I think I could do it. I, I hope I don't get into that scenario, but maybe there'd be like this Goonies situation that like someday, you know, whatever. I, I think I could do it. Anyway, um, but the weirdest thing is we were obsessed with The Wizard of Oz, but we always did this weird thing, and there's pictures of when the movie ended. I think it was something with the score, but we all pretended, and my mom did it too, we all pretended that we were dead, what? Always. And there's, like, pictures of us. like And I think it was just because, you know, the movie is, like, it's, like, a positive kind of ending. You know, it's, like, oh, it's just all pretend and you were there and you were there. But then the score is just, like... So dramatic, and just like everything's terrible, <laughs> it like gets so weird.
1: So, how and do so you pretend just, to be dead? You just like close we were your eyes, just like, yeah, you we were like just
2: always laying back, you know, our hands and our throats, and our eyes rolled back up into our heads, and we were just like dead.
1: It, it was it like, like the corniness of it was killing you. Or? No, I don't know. I don't know. It <laughs> so just like, weird. I know, I it's super that. weird, <laughs> super
2: weird, but then. The movie that my sisters, my two younger sisters and I especially just were obsessed with is one of the movies from your list, which is Hocus Pocus. Nice. And again, a lot of it's memorized. But what I think is interesting is that, and we've talked about this and like perhaps going as the three sisters for Halloween, is that we all like are a little bit like the three, I think they're the Sanderson sisters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm the Bette Midler character. Ah, with your red hair. Yeah. And just like, kind of like the leader, like the like move, like, let me tell you how it's (laughs) going to be. Yeah. So.
0: That's really fun to, you know, watch a movie and kind of assume those roles.
2: Yeah. And maybe because we love that, that's why we're how we are. I don't know. Nice. I don't know.
0: I like that. Um, my brother and I's favorite movie as kids was Encino Man. Brendan Fraser as a caveman. And we watched nice. it all the time. And I think maybe part of it was, like, he and I, when we weren't fighting, were buddies. And there's a lot of buddyism in that movie. And then later, <laughs> Biodome was our movie because we were nothing if not Polly Shore fans. That's awesome. I feel like I we should all, like, call our siblings after this and say hi.
2: Um, <laughs> I guess I'll call my mom. <laughs> You can call one of mine because I have, like,
1: too many. Oh, perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Laura, thanks so much for coming on Bonnie thanks and Thanks for having me. It was
2: really
1: fun.
0: Yes. And um, if you want to uh, keep up on Laura's film, you can go to,
2: gosh, I guess the Facebook page, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, like, Facebook american gladiators i don't know (laughs) we'll we'll put a link up on our site for sure and i think some people like the page because they think it's the tv show Uh, and i'm totally okay with that
0: (laughs) all right cool and um we are bonnie and maud check us out on facebook and twitter and tumblr and also uh drop us a review on itunes um it'll help other people check out our show who'd be interested in what we have going on and um we also have a phone line because do you want to tell them about the phone line
1: Absolutely. The great thing is you can actually call us and leave us a voicemail if you're too shy to write or have trouble spelling. If you have Um, a cool voice, I guess. If you have a cool voice. Or a weird voice. (laughs) Use your weirdest voice. It's totally anonymous. You don't have to leave your name. We don't pick up the phone, so it's just a voicemail box. And you should call 530-628- 3379. Again, call Bonnie and Maud at 530-628-3379, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening.
0: My brother Harry singing as backup.
1: Take it away. Spring oh, rains flower lay. La, 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 uh hi. Movie siblings. Uh, Ginger Rogers and Doris Day in the 1950s. Storm Warning, playing characters ripped off, only slightly, from Blanche and Stella in Streetcar.
0: So when my sister
1: was about five years old, I remember one day um, we found her in the laundry room and she was like quietly crying to herself. And we asked her, Sam, what's, what's the problem? And my mom had this blue dress that she used to wear. And I guess... We had just watched um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and she had nightmares about my mom exploding if she wore the blue dress. So that was, um, that was a funny one. Hi, um, my name is Rachel, and I'm calling from Australia, and I'm leaving a message to talk about my experience uh, watching movies with my sibling. I would say it is one of our like, main shared interests, and a lot of our bonding happens around movies. Uh, sometimes we live in the same city, sometimes in different countries and sometimes on different continents, but we still uh, like share a secret language that has weird French-Canadian translations of 90s movies from Sister Act or Biodome. and um, Yeah, I'd say that movies and talking about them is one of the most important things that cement our relationship and I'm also really glad to say that it cements our entire family in a way. So, uh, keep up the good work, girls, and, uh, love the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. But you're motoring.
2: Yeah.